Hey guys, and welcome to episode 2 of the dad2be.ie podcast. It's me, Brian. And Mike. And we're on video, so if you're listening to the audio, you can find us on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash dad2be.ie. And we've had feedback from our first episode, Mike. Have we? We have had people in their tens listening to the uh, the most recent uh, upload. We got an email from a oh, fan. Really? We got our first fan mail, and I'm very excited. Okay, you've not told me about no, this. No, I know. I so thought it would be a nice surprise on air. Okay. It's from Mr. Paul Agavi. He is a lawyer by profession, so this is very exciting for me. Dear Brian, I am Mr. Paul Agavi. I'm a lawyer by profession. I am the personal attorney to Mr. Charles Guilfoyle, a national of your country who used to work with the Chevron Oil Exploration Company in Nigeria. Uh, uh, That's uh. right, people. We're international. And on the 21st of April 2000, my client, his wife, and their only yet child were involved in a car accident along Lagos, Ibadan Express Road, right. mad accident. Pause. Pause. What's the child's name? I don't know, but oh. they're offering this money. I assume Did that you means say only this- yet. Yeah, only yet. That's how it's spelled. I assume English is not this person's first language. Long story short, people, we're going to have to stop doing the podcast because I found a way to make us millionaires. Oh, that's excellent. So the new website, millionaires2be.ie, will be launching tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, if you can all just send me your personal bank details, I will get you involved with Mr. Paul Agabi. So our brand new email address that was set up so... And we didn't even announce it. It's dad2be.ie at gmail.com. The website should be, thank you, Black Knight, live... Wednesday, Thursday, when I get around to connecting it to the new DNS we have. Uh, so we're kind of like almost a thing now. You could say we're the hottest thing since ICE. We are the hottest dad-to-be.ie website we're that hot has dads. been launched this week. So, yesterday, uh, Olivia was six weeks old, and I thought today's podcast could be about what to expect in the first six weeks, because when we were pregnant we being Jenny uh, we were told the first six weeks is the hardest and that's when your sleep pattern starts to really get askew and you have to kind of get used to all the changes so did you find the first six weeks the hardest Mike? I was most nervous in the first six weeks I I did an, an awful lot of checking on the baby when it was completely unnecessary I yeah. would wake up and I'd lie there waiting for crying no the breathing yeah or baby snore and I didn't hear anything yeah so there's no crying so for the first few seconds, I'm like, oh, good, there's no crying. And I was like, wait a minute. There's no crying. There's no noise at all. And I got out of bed. I didn't want to wake Michelle up because she was, Michelle was breastfeeding. So any feed, Michelle had to be awake for. It was it was the Michelle show for the first six weeks. And I was very much a, a bystander. So Michelle was asleep. I wake up and I don't hear crying. And then I don't hear anything. And I panic. Is the baby gone? Has she left the house already? <laughs> Has she gotten a job? I have this image of like walking over the cot and seeing her still there and touching her and she's cold. Yeah, duh, stop. And That's the worst. I walk over to the cot and I, I come to the edge of the, the, the bassinet and I see her there and she's in kind of the position that I imagined she would be in. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, is she is she okay? And I don't want to touch her because I'll wake her up. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, it's a 50-50. It's almost a fate worse than that waking them up then. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank God you're alive. Stop crying. Please stop do, crying. Do I wake her up? And then I feel stupid because I've woken her up and Michelle wakes up because of the crying. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I just wanted to make sure she was alive. You know, I've done that. I've said it yeah. as well. I, pr- I, owned, I owned it. I was like, yep, just making sure she's not dead. Even when we're out and about pushing the pram. Uh, stop, look down. Is her chest rising? She's too small, I can't tell, and she's very wrapped you up. You can't tell. Because, no, there's like, this is, there's layer upon layer. If you have the child in your, in your pushchair, child, clothes, 
Then you've got a, a warm kind of blanket. Then you've got the muslin cloth over it. So really, they're just like a marshmallow with a head. Honestly, even with the onesie on, yeah, I'm staring. It's pitch black. I can just see. Oh well, that's nighttime. It's different. And I put my ear down, and it's deadly silence. She's not breathing. Like there's no breath going in. And I, I'm I'm just about to kind of wake Michelle, turn the lights on, get to the hospital. Yeah, and she goes. <laughs> I told you I would get you. Now, we were watching The Walking Dead at the time, and it was exactly the same sound that the zombies make when they're just kind of mulling around, not really chasing anyone. And that's how Mila got those scars. (laughs) (laughs) Die, baby, for zombie. Dude, babies get scars, okay? I don't know. Iris keeps scratching herself. But anyway, okay, so uh, we've had a few of those, but me and Jenny are both, and have admitted to being very nervous about it. So it's like... Uh, just check it to see if she's still alive. <laughs> she's fine. And now I think after three or four weeks, I've stopped doing it. I might do it maybe once a day. Just like look across, and you go, "No, she's so cute." And then you go, "Oh, wait a second, is she? Is she breathing? Is she?" And then now because she's a bit bigger, she goes, <sighs> she makes that weird kind of like half snore breath, and it's like okay, because all they do is sleep. Um, so if you are. In, in that period now where you're expecting or if you're in the first few weeks or if you're thinking back to when you had your first baby or, or your first child or whatever um, the, the, I was just thinking on the way here today if you are currently not a parent and if you're going to be one soon or if you want to be one soon I want you to do something if you're at home I want you to stand up I want you to go to the front door I want you to leave the house and by the time you finish listening to this podcast the parents with babies but will have gotten up and just about packed their bags enough to be able to leave the house. Because babies come with clutter. We went to, where did we go? We went to Wexford the other day for like four or five nights. You guys came down. And it was like, the car was full of baby stuff. Like full of baby stuff. And in the tiny little corner was a pair of socks for Brian, a jumper, a pair of jeans. And you can just wash the rest of your clothes because there's no room in your car for anything else. Yeah. But the baby's like the size of maybe, I don't know, uh, two rugby balls together. And it has more stuff than I will ever have. You have to very much plan everything you oh, do I know. when you it's, have a baby. You need lists. There's lists no, upon lists. The spontaneity of life. Enjoy <laughs> it, folks, because that does not last. Like, yeah, Brian just told you. We came down as well. Myself, Mila, Michelle, we all came down. And it was an absolute mission. I actually came home from work and I was, okay, I'm, I'm delayed leaving work. I'm about 40 minutes behind where I said I was going to be. Uh, we really need to leave right now. And I walk in the door and there's no visible signs that we're ready to leave. And I said to Michelle, are we going? And she said, oh, I've still got all this other stuff to do. And I was like, so we're not going then. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was... No, that's what happens. Yeah. It's, it's, it's much and much. I remember I saw a documentary once on uh, with this American family and they had loads of kids. So they were used to doing it, right? And they were going away somewhere for Christmas. And halfway on the plane there, the mother realized they left the kid at home. And she just went... Kevin! Uh, no. That wasn't a documentary. It was it? It's someone was a home alone. I don't know. I think it was called The Kid That Was Left In The House. <laughs> Macaulay. Was, what happened in the end was Michael Jackson saved him. And that's all I know. So also, okay, six weeks, right? So I can, I can tell you now, because I am literally six weeks and one day into fatherhood. Uh, the first two weeks is like nervous, nervous, nervous. 
is the baby okay? Is 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 the baby okay? Is the baby okay? Can I do this? Can I change this? Can I can I feed this? Can I wind her? Is she going to sleep? Did I kill her? Um, why did her neck do that? Uh, and then after that, you kind of get more confident. So it really is about exposure, and that's not in the exposure way. And it's really important what you said. Can I? Not is it possible? Oh yeah, yeah, of course I know it's possible for to for to feed her and wind her. Yeah, but can I? Yeah. Or am I... You will at least once have the crisis of confidence where it's like, oh no, I can't do this. Yeah, I, I think anyone who pretends to be ultra confident on their first time around is a liar. They're lying to themselves. Unless they've had lots of like, like again, exposure to babies sounds weird. But if you've been like, if you've been the eldest of loads of kids or something. But for me, I was the youngest of two and I had no experience of babies before. And that first night I was like three in the morning, baby's going crazy. And I'm like, I can't do this. And then it just it was a very kind of quick thing then where it was like, okay, so these things I can't do I'll learn to do and, I, and, I, and I'll get around to it and I did and it was pretty quickly too luckily for us the baby's very relaxed but there was a period there where I was like there was an hour or two where I was like can I do can I do a few months of this can I, can I do a year of this what am I going to do I'm going to go crazy this poor child what am I supposed to do here and now it's like meh this kid's fine now this like Jenny the other day went to, to Dublin with a kid on her own she was wrecked when she got home because you don't know how much work a kid is to you it on your own all day yeah, and what makes you even more tired is knowing you're not going to get a break. Oh, yeah. Because even when the kid sleeps, you're going to have things to do. Yeah. Especially if you're out and about, because that's when you get your stuff done. Like, your life is going to revolve around how much stuff you can fit in between the kid's sleep pattern. Because I, I, this is the thing that got me. It's, 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 you, don't just, you don't just feed a kid. Like You, get, you sterilize your bottle if you're bottle feeding. That's what, I'm, that's what we're doing now, so I'm going to give you what I do. So you sterilize a bottle, you fill your bottle uh, with 120 ml or whatever it's going to be get the baby you put it on you put its bib on you put its muslin cloth on around it as well you sit it on your knee nice and straight and then you, you feed the baby but you don't feed it the whole thing at one time you got to stop two or three times to wind it maybe depending how, how much wind they get in so i don't know about other kids but when i when the baby's hungry there's no there's no middle ground with our kid so the kid's like i'm fine or mother of god i'm going to die give me the food now i need to i need the food to live so it's like do you ever um or try and feed a really try to play a tug rope with a dog and the dog is like and it's having a great time whatever this, this is our kid but she grabs that bottle like it's got like the secret to eternal life in there she's like, and she grabs on and then you're like trying to take it away from her and then she's going crazy trying to get more food and upsetting herself while you're trying to wind her it's like relax baby it's okay the bottle's right there come on don't worry and you're winding you're winding you're winding and then maybe the baby belches and you go okay cool and then you wash rinse repeat until the bottle's all gone whatever or until the kid falls asleep and then you can't just put the kid down because you've got to wind the kid because otherwise just all that food will come straight back up again. And then you just wind the baby for like 20 minutes. You put it down. It gets sick anyway. And the temptation to take those shortcuts is overwhelming. Oh, three in the morning. Three, three in the morning. Three I was just morning. about to yeah, say three in the morning as like, well. This morning at three o'clock in the morning, I was like, okay, okay. You're, you've been kind of asleep the whole way. You did one enormous belt, which I was very proud of. I could probably put you down now and you'd be okay. So I put her down for a second, and I was like, "Okay." And I put her in a grow bag in the in the in the, uh, the Moses basket, and then she starts making the weird noises and stuff. And I'm like, "What? What noise is that? That's new. Is she getting sick? Is she choking on her own vomit? Oh my god! Oh my god!" And I look across, and it's just like she's spat out her soother or whatever. And it's like, "Okay." So I think I'm okay. I think I know by looking at her now when she's got wind, but she'll still surprise me by going smile. Oh my god, she's so hot. Blah. Okay, no, that's all the food. Come back up again. I don't have to change it. So 
I think the big thing you learn in six weeks is time management in that you don't get anything. It's all baby for six weeks and for the next, probably the next six months as well. I think you probably build up a resistance to the non-stop nature of parenting. Yeah, I think what you just, you learn to, you know now, I know now that when the kid's asleep is when you get stuff done and you get done, which is generally stuff for the kid. Clean the house, get the stuff ready, go to the shop, get nappies and stuff. Uh, get feed in the shop or oh, they haven't got the right feed in Tesco got to go to Dunn stores they didn't have a number one nappies in, in Dunn stores there are different gradings of nappies by the way uh, better go to Tesco and it's just like this cycle of like feeding the beast as such of the baby now it's great and I love it but just prepare yourselves for these first six weeks kids because it's tough going um, never mind the sleep stuff it's the whole change of life that's coming with it I mean the first the first the first two weeks especially when it's just so small and in those first two weeks, the pressure is on you to make sure the baby is gaining weight. And there is pressure on you. Believe me, the public health nurse will come along and weigh that kid. And you might feel like, oh, the kid's definitely growing. And then they weigh it. And it's maybe only gained 20 grams. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm the worst parent ever. Because we did that. And the baby was weighed. And she gained like 20 grams. And the public health nurse said, oh, you better you better go to hospital with this kid. It's been two weeks. And we were like, what? what she's fine she's like long and growing so like she said no we'll get the doctor to give you a letter so I went down to the doctor doctor weighed the baby the baby was fine 120 grams she'd gained it's just the weighing scales was off it's all these small things build up and you're like I was not prepared for this and if you do have to go to baby with hospital with your baby which we have already that is absolutely terrifying but again you'll get through it and it's just a matter again of even especially the first six weeks of you can do it anyone can do it like you are a person who has been able to download a podcast go online click a link go on facebook or whatever you can certainly raise a baby it's inside you somewhere you just have to learn how to I, th- I think the the one prerequisite that you need is to care oh god and yeah. if you care enough to listen to this podcast yeah. you're on the right track so don't give yourself a hard time one thing i remember because i mean mila's just about to turn two yeah so i'm just about two years away from the six six weeks um mark but yeah. I do remember an awful lot of parents saying to me that they received an awful lot of information from everyone else yeah. about how to raise your child. Yeah. And make sure you do this and make sure you do that. And everyone has their own manual. And if you try and take that all on board, you won't know what to follow. Um, and I found myself that learning for yourself is the, is the quickest way to getting it right. Oh yeah, you learn to swim by jumping into the water. Yeah, you don't learn to swim by someone saying put one hand in front of the other because then that's just you doing the macarena. Yeah, and then a second person going no no no, you lie on your back and you do the backstroke, and another person going no no no, you want to keep your hands perfectly still and you want to kick with your feet. You know, I mean, everyone has their don't own. Don't swim that way. <laughs> yeah, you'll drown. Yeah, um, and you'll also drown by taking everyone's advice. Oh yeah, well the thing is right, and I think maybe I don't know all the advice we got. There was lots of people who said everyone's going to tell you what to do. Just do it your own way. But that person generally, before or after they say that, is also going to give you advice. Everyone's going to tell you what to do. Just do it your own way. But whatever you do, make sure you get a cellular blanket. Whatever you do, make sure you get a, a Tommy Tippy bottle. Make sure you do this, that, and the other. I think, yeah, you're going to know your kid pretty quickly after it comes out of the womb. And it's going to be like, okay, this kid uh, is a bit gassy. So needs Dr. Brown bottle, which is a pro tip from your wife, which is awesome and has helped uh, imme- immeasurably. Uh, this kid is a kicker in bed. So she's going to need a grow bag doubled up so she can't kick her feet up and cover her face with a cellular blanket. It's crazy stuff. Like, I knew what none of this was six weeks ago. Yeah, but you learn because you have to. I'm sure there's kids out there that 
they don't need to be burped three times during a feed. They they can wolf a bottle and they give one burp at the end. Yeah. And yay for you. Those but lucky damn kids. Yeah, I'm sure there's kids out there that don't sleep all night long, and you're I not am, in that situation. But she owned that. She had her first proper sleep till about half five in the morning from half ten the other day, which is really good. But again, to Crisco, I was like, that's not good. She should sleep till seven. No, 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 no. It's it's all these things. Like it's this. And no one kid is the same as every other kid. And it's just about you'll learn your kid well and then you'll know what's good. I was so jealous of my uh, my nephew the other day who's like, he's like eight months old now maybe. He's a real advanced kid anyway, but he's now able to hold his own bottle. And I was like, his mother was like, hey, check it out. And he held his own bottle. I was like, oh my God. I am literally the most jealous I've been in six weeks because this kid's like, doesn't need winding, will feed himself, sits up on his own. No one needs to support his neck. It's like, oh my God. Your kid is amazing. Look at our kid. And Olivia's just sitting there asleep with her soother on her chest trying to get it back in again or trying to spit it further away. Who knows? But you know what he does? He constantly tries to kill himself by running into things. Yeah. You know, or rolling off of things. Like kids... I'm 31, I'm 32. I still do that. As soon as they learn to do something you don't have to do for them, there's a whole new list of stuff that you need to watch out for. I saw your kid almost take her hands off two seconds ago with that wooden thing. Yeah. I was like, I didn't even think about that. I was like, oh, cool. Mike's out of the box. Hey, look, the kid's in the box. Oh my God, the kid's fingers. Yeah. And she was fine. But by complete luck, you know. Oh, of course, yeah. She ran into the kitchen table, I swear. Oh. Um, <laughs> she fell down some last stairs. weekend. And she she ran into that kitchen table like she was trying to knock it out. <laughs> um, and we had to bribe her with, with uh, biscuits, with cookies, because we had to put ice on her eyes oh, to yeah, make sure yeah, it yeah. wouldn't come up. So to make her keep the ice there, every time she tried to move, we'd just give her another cookie. And they, they got through like four cookies for to just keep her still. And we managed to keep the ice on long enough that the eye didn't come up. But like this is what happens. Oh, yeah, we look like, very first, in fairness. We thought, like, this is great. She's not... She's she's feeding good. She's not rolling yet, so she's, we can put her down on the bed. Yeah. And she used her feet to shimmy herself forward off of the bed she before was she could even roll. Your swimming advice. Clearly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was the first time she fell. She fell off the bed because she pulled herself uh, forward with her feet. Yeah. She couldn't roll yet, but course, she, could, yeah. she could shove. Oh, they'll find a way. Unfortunately, the the bassinet was right beside the bed. So she actually got sandwiched between the bassinet and the bed that was only about a foot. So You're like Homer Simpson. It's just, it's still airborne. It's still good. It's still good. I, I just didn't baby. know. Like I looked off the edge of the bed and she's in a U shape. Nice. Sandwiched between the bassinet and I pick it up and Michelle kind of busts out of the, the bathroom because she was about to get in the shower. I was in charge of the baby, of course, when of this course, happens. Mike. And she's like, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. I was she on fell my, down some stairs. I was on my phone and she shimmied oh. forward. So, um, and that's the last time you were allowed to see the child, wasn't it? No, because later that day, about an hour later, she had these... Um, I, I don't know if any of the parents listening have these, but they're the, these electronic swings. Oh, yeah. You put the baby those. down into them, you turn on the swing, and it rocks back and forth. It helps them sleep or keeps them occupied. Yeah. And uh, Michelle was putting Mila down into that, and whatever way she did it, the swing pushed back as she sat her down. <laughs> so... The swing pushed back out of the way. Mila found herself in midair and just face planted down onto the ground. And she plugged it into the mains and it got too much power and it just basically windmilled her into a door. I felt bad for my baby and I also felt fantastic that I wasn't the only one that had injured her. It's good that she learns by uh, by very quickly not to trust you guys. <laughs> hey, we, we, don't don't ever trust us. We will hurt you. Yeah, Life lessons, everybody. But she's fine and kids will be fine as long as you're not going out of your way to be harmful or hurtful. 
overprotective and all that. I don't know. I, was, I, I had, I've seen overprotective parents. I kind of knew I wouldn't be one, and I just try to. It, I, it's kind of treading that line between overprotective and overbearing, and being a bit like, "Oh, it's okay. She's asleep. Don't worry about it." Or she's okay. She's got a. You don't. I think. I don't know if you guys sterilize everything. No. Like, now, well, I'll sterilize the bottle. But I mean, like, I'm not sterilizing all the surfaces in no. the house because no, no. it needs. I'm a big, system. I'm a big believer in an immune system, yeah, and I mean, geez. I'm not going to let her pick up. I mean, like, we have her in a bubble that's airtight that yeah. she can't be touched by human hands. I'm not going to let her pick up rubbish outside and put it in her mouth and go, "Oh, she'll have to learn that that's not going to be good for her." That's ridiculous. But yeah. I'm not going to sanitize. If it's rubbish in the house, that's fine. Yeah, I'm not going to sanitize every kitchen table. You saves, know, saves on bin charges. Another thing about parenting, uh, six weeks one day in is. The movie Deadpool is out now, as I'm sure some of you know, if you listen to it as it comes out. I'm a huge nerd for comic books, and I really wanted to go, and it's taken me two and a half weeks to find time where I don't feel guilty about going, because I, before I left, I made sure the baby was bathed and stuff, and Jenny's like, look, just go. You, you need to do something for yourself, because like recently, all I've been doing is looking around at jobs and closing my cafe and taking all the crap out of the cafe and trying to sell my big espresso machine, trying to get rid of furniture, uh, trying to clean a house and all this jazz. It's like... I need to get something done that's fun for me. And this is obviously raising a kid's great crack, but watching a man kill people with swords will also be good fun. Um, so when you're gearing yourself up to do a, a podcast on being a dad and a parent and, and all the problems that come with it, I, I guess you become a little bit more sensitive to um, other news items that are geared like towards it. Our wonderful new shitty government we have. Oh God! Don't talk about government. Ugh. All this. Yeah, look, I know. Again, this is a parenting podcast, but I do take an interest in, in politics, and I know I'm getting old now for two reasons. I'm sorry to hijack your thing, and we'll go back to it. Uh, two reasons I know I'm getting old re- repeatedly. Um, one is I was excited for the debates the other day, and the second one is yesterday, a Saturday, a day I had to do whatever I wanted with my wife and child. We went to a f-ing garden center. A garden centre. That's how I know I'm getting old. Like, I remember when I was a kid going, who goes to a garden centre? Why are we here? And, like, yesterday I was, like, walking around with a pram. Hey, look at that. Their tree's very pretty. Yeah, I I just, uh, yeah, getting old. So life. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just, I'm waiting for that day where I say to my child and wife, let's go for a drive. Where to, father? Oh, oh, nowhere. Let's just drive around because that's what people do when they're old and parents. Let's just use fuel. Yeah, let's just spend money on, 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 on just driving around a road we don't really want to see and you being bored in the backseat. Let's so, drive at one third of the legal speed limit just to upset other we, people who actually have somewhere to go. We might stop for chips. This is the one thing we may stop for chips. Okay, well then I'm, I'm down. And maybe you'll get a bounty bar because it's the only bar I can get you and your brother you won't fight over in the back because it comes in two pieces already. That's oh, what we had. This is a real life scenario. Yeah, we used to go to Tipperary all the time when we were kids and it was like... Driving from Carlo to Bray back then would take like two hours. And because you're a kid, it feels like six hours. And we'd bring legit like bags of stuff to do. Like read the newspaper, read some books, play a game, colour in, bring some Lego to play in the back. And I knew we were going to Tipperary. I still pass those shops. It's like, that shop in Kilkenny, we used to get a Cornetto. That shop in Clonmel, we used to get a Bounty Bar. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> the joys of being a parent, you're like, I know I can basically buy silence for my children by promising them sweets. Uh- Part of our family um, is based in Tipperary and Clock Jordan. And um, we used to drive to Tipperary maybe twice a year. Yeah. And we did very little on that journey except be bored yeah. and sing It's a Long Way to Tipperary. Uh, and Never gets old. There was one stop, and that was, if you behaved yourself, there was one stop on the journey 
and it was a different stop on the way back, different shop, and it was always uh, a 99. It was always a nice... So when when you're gearing yourself to do a podcast on parenting and you're listening to the radio, anything about parenting kind of stands out to you. And I was passively listening to Today FM during the week and they were interviewing uh, parents, mothers, obviously, because the fathers don't matter, um, about uh, giving birth and the different approaches they took. And there was a lady on um, who gave birth in a pool. Yeah, honestly, if the option was available in the coom to give water birth, we would have done it. I've I've known very little about it, but she wasn't the greatest representative for it. She uh, there was loads of water, and I only went and pooed out the baby. It was great. <laughs> no, she wasn't. She was in in the other direction. Bad. She, she was came like, out doing the front crawl. It was very exciting. She was like, um, yeah. I mean, oh, the birth was very went very well, and the baby came out smiling, and and the interviewer that's a lie. Uh, was, <laughs> oh yeah, the interviewer was like and. And your husband was in there with you as well, was he? Well, yeah. Well, the first birth, um, it was just me in there. But for the second birth, he got in too. Because, you know, it's not just the birth of a child. It's the birth of a family. And For their second child. For their second child, yeah. yeah. So he's in there. He's naked as well for, for some reason. Skin to skin, that's fine. Um, and, uh, well, I'm not, not, I wouldn't I'd wear shorts if that was me. Yeah, personally, yeah. I don't. You, you know what's not a pool, though? It's like um, a jacuzzi-style thing. Yeah, it's a like bigger. a seat with water all around it. Yeah. And uh, and then the baby, who was maybe two and a half... It was born two and a half? Yeah. That's a um, long gestation. Came into the room to meet the newborn... Okay. ...and got into the pool as well. What? And With its naked parents? Yeah. That's f***ed up. I know. That's a beep going there, but that is beeped up. But I know. What? <laughs> oh, two and a half? Because that's old enough to remember that. Not Especially. the best representative for the medium of, of childbirth. Figaro was so excited to meet. He jumped in and we were all in the nip with a naked baby and the milk cord and the placenta. And it was just so magical, you know. What's your opinion on people who eat the placenta? I, give a shit. I don't give a beep. I don't. Let them on. It's fine. It's really healthy for you. It's yeah, but bit, like, so it's is cabbage. Bit, it's a bit gross. It's not. It's much healthier than cabbage. It's a bit gross. It's not for me, but it's one of those things. I'm not going to judge someone on eating a placenta. I don't eat broccoli. I, I kind of do. I don't eat cauliflower. I don't eat Brussels sprouts. I don't eat placenta. That's the way it is. Christmas dinner, ruined. If it's so healthy, <laughs> then, like, it why, why not eat someone else's placenta? You can. You can buy it online. Can you? Yeah. Why did we not sell our own? We, we don't have them, Mike. Why not? That's sexist. We're men. Um, so water bird thing um, in the Coom is, is one of the only places in Dublin, I think, that has it. And one place in Ireland, should I say. And at the moment, it's not legal to do water birds. They've, they're looking into something else, apparently bacterial or otherwise. I'd imagine because of all the MRSA in Irish hospitals, waterborne babies are probably a bad idea. But apparently, it's good for taking the pressure off the, the woman's back when they're in labour. Speaking of news items that would, like, you take note of as a parent. So I've just... Literally this second looked at something and I figure it's, it's uh, I'm going to get your uh, your opinion on it. It's an actual news story. So uh, I'll just I'll give you a quick read through and you tell me what you think. Uh, in the UK, a sports governing body has defended claims that pole dancing classes sexualize children. The issue came to light after a segment on ITV's This Morning program, which is a main a mainstream program uh, in which a group of children from pole intentions class in Derbyshire, Nottinghamshire, performed a demonstration. I sh- you not. These kids are seven to ten years old, and they're they're teaching them how to pole dance for fitness. I'm not even going to press play in the video, but you look at that picture. They're pole dancing children. That's that's paedophile central. Yeah, well, it's not BBC, no Jimmy Savile. It's ITV. That's crazy. Sorry, if you've kids and you're sending them pole dancing for fitness, you're a f- monster. 
True story. So there you go. That's today's. Like even... That's a new segment. Disturbing stuff in the news about kids. Even mothers that go themselves to pole dancing and they're like, Oh, I'm just going for fitness because I want to get a little bit fitter and it's a lot of fun. We know what you're doing. That's fine. You're going so you can be all sexy and get your husband tricked into knocking you up again. We know what you're doing. It sounds like a (laughs) lament. Just looking over it there, right? Uh, and if you do uh, want to look on that, uh, don't Google it because you'll end up on a list, but it is in a lot of the news outlets at the moment about these pole dance classes for kids. It says, and they're defending it, saying it's not for sexualization, but the kids are in like hot pants and like halter tops and stuff. So but why don't they just track have them suits? in tracksuits? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And what you like, this is this is disturbing. So um, that's today's disturbing segment in the news uh, we story. We don't use real dollars. We use... <laughs> The kids don't use their real names. They get new names like uh, Princess and Dream and... Candy. Know, candy. That's the obvious one. So, um, yeah, I think overall the dad-to-be dolly official stance on pole dancing kids is unless you're a Polish kid dancing in a Polish way, pole dancing for kids is wrong. Yes. Polish uh, dancing if thumbs up. Yeah, if you're pole even dancing, you're Polish, thumbs down. Thumbs down. That's our official stance and the dad-to-be dolly seal of disapproval goes to pole dancing children in the UK. Or anywhere. <laughs> especially the damn Brits. But especially in the 800 UK. years of pole dancing kids, and I won't stand for it anymore. That's, that's crazy. What that's the messed up. That's real messed up. So there you go, kids. That's the world, the really, really weird world we live in. Um, and also, it looks like Fina Gale are going to take the doll. So there you go. Well done, Fina Gale and Fina Fall for being equally shit and winning the Who's Slightly Less shit competition. Oh, it's terrible. Okay, everyone. And now it's time for the dad to be daddy hot tip section. Insert jingle here. Hot tip number one from episode number two of the dad to be daddy podcast is as follows. Hold and bait your breath because here it comes. Change your baby's nappy before you feed it. Because, yeah, you might be thinking, well, no, it'll probably pee again. No, because you can't lie a kid down for at least half an hour, 40 minutes after you fed them pretty much while they're awake so change the nappy first then change their clothes if you need to then put the bib on muslin cloth sorted because then you won't need to lie your kid down and they won't get sick all over themselves pro tip pretty good not the knowledge has been dropped the knowledge master if i could drop the mic and walk away without mike saying i just broke the expensive microphone i would i want to these are the small things that you would be so grateful for when you have a kid because you'd be like what was it that moron the podcast said? Shake the baby loads when you feed it. Is that it? And point it at the door. Okay. Can of Coke. It's like, a, it's like when you win a race, the champagne bottle. Shake the baby up loads and point it at somebody. Don't do that. Yeah, because it's just going to explode pro t- on both ends. That's not a pro tip. Tip, 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 tip. Just an amend to the end of your pro tip. Amendment of the tip, 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 tip. Um, just an amend to the end of your pro tip. If... Tip, tip, tip. <laughs> I just I, I can't do it right can I <laughs> I'm just going to say tip all the time yeah. just an amend to the end of your pro tip if um, you're about to change a nappy with girls especially with boys I hear I, I have oh, not they, got a boy this yeah I know what right? already. you open the nappy right and it might maybe with boys it's not necessary but with girls I find if you blow on their their nappy area and then close the nappy again and just count to ten they'll pee again once they get a bit of that fresh air on once, there. Once, yeah, yeah, yeah. once they get the chill, it, it makes them pee. Yeah. So you give them the chill, you close it, you let that grenade go off, and then you change the nappy. It's uh, 
it's it's funny enough if someone is listening to this before they've had kids they'd be like you would have blow on my kids genitalia are you weird if you are dealing with a situation where it's a number two when there's poop involved don't blow on the poop <laughs> don't blow don't bother blowing on the poop but here's the thing check the bottom of the back because you lift up the baby okay and you wipe the obvious areas you wipe yeah. the butt and you wipe the front and you get it all clean and then you let the baby down what you're doing is you're putting the poop that's on the lower back onto the onesie and then you've got a whole clothes changing scenario it changes the game completely so Once just check the lower back take a peek there there could be a nugget stuck to the back lift the two grab the two legs like you would uh so you grab the feet and just lift up from the back and you can check their their back the legs you can check their back that way because there will be a case and nappies are kind of designed like a scoop so the poo will go up around the back and then in, in the case of an explosion of or a punami as it's called It'll just go right the back. <laughs> Trademark. Boom. Tip delivered. So that's it. Uh, okay, guys. That is episode two of the Dad2B podcast in the can. Okay. If you guys have any questions, any feedback, we'd love to hear it. Get in touch with us via Twitter. Dad2B. Dad2B.ie. Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dad2B.ie. You can also email us on dad2bi at gmail.com, just like our Nigerian friend did, because we're now millionaires. And remember, guys, uh, just a quick mention for our sponsor, taxpro.ie. Uh, the podcast wouldn't be possible without their sponsorship. So thank you to TaxPro. If any of you listeners out there are working professionals and you want to see if you're owed any extra tax, just get in touch with them at taxpro.ie and they will take it from there. And believe me, when you have a kid coming or have a kid or think about having a kid, getting all the money back is great. And TaxPro are the best at that. Uh, and that's it, guys. So we will chat to you again, hopefully next week. Uh, for me, Brian. And me, Mike. We will see you again next time. Oh yeah. Um. Oh yeah. 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 Biscuits and. <laughs>